Welcome to The Contrarian Uncensored. The Contrarian Uncensored is a new periodic series where there is no fixed topic for the episode. Instead, we aim to discuss a range of topics under a broad umbrella theme. The first episode of The Contrarian Uncensored explores, but is not limited to, the abstract concept of identity. Do you want to visit Rwanda one day? Tell me about Rwanda. Rwanda. Are you saying R- Rwanda because I've got a, an Arsenal shirt on? Yeah. You know, their tourism has increased a lot. Rwanda? Yeah, since sponsored Arsenal. So, is your family from there? Wait, no, your mum's from... My mum was born in Malawi, as were her two older sisters. She was born there? Yeah, she was born there. She, I think she spent maybe the first, like, three, four years of her life there. And then, as you know, in, in a lot of African states, there was, like, civil uprisings. It became unsafe for a lot of uh, people to be in these countries. So, let's, see, let's just say Kenya, for example. You yeah. see a lot of um, Indians, a lot of uh, in- Hindus and Sikhs. Hindu, Sikh, Muslim. Muslim. A lot of them. And then they, you see them go from uh, Kenya to England, Canada, America, all over the world. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Um, with my family, what my granddad wanted to do was they took then everyone back to India... Because he said that he doesn't want his kids to lose touch with like their Indian roots. Because oh, if wow. they were born in Malawi, then there was no attachment to India. And so that's what it's... It's like extremely mutually excluded. What, what does Malawi have to do with India? Like, no, it has zero. Like, uh, but there, there is a big... There was a big community of Indians there. Really? In Malawi? It's a yeah. very small country. Uh, oh God, this well, is good. I, I feel the alcohol. Really? <laughs> I can feel it. Like, uh, I feel it. It's nice. <laughs> tell the people what you're drinking. Um, okay, so I said Amarula. Amarula. Amarula, okay. Better than Bailey's. So you bought this from South Africa, right? Yeah. Actually, uh, no, that's a lie. I had it first in South Africa, but then I bought it at Costco. <laughs> oh my days, you betrayed the origins. No, nah, because. But, but, but so, wait, wait, wait. You tried it in South Africa? Yeah. Wait, we was with your family that time. Yeah, so what we used to do, so we actually went to Safari. And so we'd have morning game drives and evening game drives. So in the morning, we'd go very early in the morning, maybe like 5, 6 a.m. Mm. Because in the day, the animals sleep because it's too hot. Mm. So they're normally active and awake. In it the... must be cold in the morning Yeah, as well. it's, it's very cold. Like we had to like wear like three, four layers. We had to wear neutral colored clothing. Mm. And so we went out and then I'll always remember this. We, the driver drove us into like this massive field and there must have been about... Three to four hundred buffaloes, mm-hmm. and you could just see the sun rising. Mm. Um, and man, it was beautiful. We were just there, and then so buffaloes. Yeah. Have you seen buffaloes getting attacked? I didn't see. Did you see any buffaloes. attacks? Okay, I saw two attacks. I she saw... attacked me. <laughs> no, I saw um, a leopard drag an antelope up a tree. Wait, a leopard ran an antelope up a tree. No, no. So the leopard killed the antelope. And then the antelope was then dragged by the leopard up a tree so that other predators couldn't get the antelope so he could eat it. So the leopard took the antelope up the tree? Yeah, literally just like... How does it do it? I, it is was, it like hold it in its mouth and go Yeah, up? yeah, yeah. It was like... Like you like both, like the, the four feet, they just climb up. Like it was, it was like beyond belief. Like I, Th- That's I amazing, man. I can't really picture that in my head. It's like, it's like nature and it was mad. And I guess because... Because leopards are quite athletic, they're like cats, right? So they, mm. so having their their prey above the ground means that uh, other like lions, for example, they would never be able to like jump up a tree. No, no. So that's that, I guess. And the second, the second time I saw an attack was when a, a pride of lions was uh, running after a bunch of hyenas. 
nice and, and we yeah exactly so that was happening Damn, and we were in the off. middle of it like going off-road at like 30 miles an hour like chasing after these lions it was crazy and that was on the last day because when you go to this is was this like one of the best holidays of your life 100 percent. i'd say to anyone who wants to go on or anyone who has a chance to go on safari please go because I, so so what happened so you landed in joburg or yeah we landed in joburg and we were there uh, it was either before, yeah, was it before or after? You know, before. We were there for about three, four days just to see what's happening. Mm. And then we then flew on a little tuk-tuk plane into the into the jungle, basically. How much was that? And like, I just want to know the cost. Um, the thing is, like, we went on a, like, to a very, like, posh one. It was, like, Richard Branson's private game reserve. Oh, wow. That's not, this is levels. Yeah, that's so, it was, but it was, like, fantastic. It was, like, my favourite holiday. Wow, that's amazing, man. I wanted to put something first. I think it's like, this is why it's so important. I think if you um, had your own place, right? Yeah. Would you have a pet? Most likely, like, what's the likeness of your own pet? You have the money, you have the insurance, you have the care and time. You literally have a balanced career. Yeah. A partner that can also look out. I don't know. Yeah, from everything that you said... The, the most important thing about when about getting a uh, about getting a pet is time because I'd want to spend time with it there's no point in getting a pet and then it's just home all day by itself while you're working yeah so I'd say the main thing is yeah I would 100% get a pet I my dad owns two cats your dad has two cats well had one unfortunately died why it's it's really sad. I I don't. It, it it was it was unwell. It had like intestinal cancer. Oh my so, god! Why do cats get cancer as they age? All of them do. I don't know, but the cat the cat wasn't even that old. I think it was maybe eight years old. So, Is that old for a cat? It should be like fourteen. Yeah, but it was it was really like, sad like, and like, like like ten is old. The other cat stands by the window every day and like looks out and like waits for like. Do you like the cat? Sibling. Do you treat it well as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy treat- it. Huh? You enjoy the company of the cat. Yeah, but just going back to my point, I'd if I was if I had the time and if I could, I would get a dog hundred percent. I would get a dog too, hundred percent. If I had my own place, um, uh, there's one breed that I've really I've seen and I'm really liked, and it's Bernadoodles. Bernadoodles. Yeah. So it's like um, it's a crossbreed. Oh. Right. And they don't shed hair. They're really friendly. They're really intelligent. And yeah, it's just one breed that I fell in love with. Yeah. Okay. For me, I think, I'll, I'll talk about the breeds and what I want, but I think what's most important I want to say is that um, an important thing about like having an animal in the house is, for me, is to get in touch with nature. And like having a dog in your house really makes you value nature in a way. I think you just see something which be, is beyond just the human you're interacting with all the time. 100%. So it's like a baby. It's like it's like something from from, you know, which... It's not from the wild, but it's just something that you have different. a strong... It's just different, you know? Yeah. And it's nature, and it's you're connected to it, and you feed it and cherish it, you know? And it's like you're doing a good service to the earth, you know? Yeah. I think I think that's what I kind of think. I think it really gets you in touch with nature. And I think that's what we really lost touch with. I've been reading this book called about identity. Mm. So for anyone who doesn't who, know... Who, is it, who, wrote, who wrote Yeah, it? so for anyone who doesn't know, so uh, Oxford, they do like a bunch of books called A Very Short Introduction. And so there's loads of different ones. And the one I'm currently reading is A Very Short Introduction to Identity. The heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio 22. Who is this guy? 
It's it's uh, Chris. Hello yeah, there. Right. You're right. What's going on? You're right. How you doing? Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, what? Bad. I'll, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. What is Chris? What is Chris? Sure. Is he in Germany? He's in East Asia. Oh, in China. Don't get coronavirus. <laughs> hey, what country are you in? Uh, uh, Indonesia. Uh, no, Southeast Asia. I'm mad. Oh, what does he do? Yeah, you working there? Or nah, you he's just there on holiday. He's there to like find his true self. I found it. I found it. Yeah, my mission is to improve, is to support the conscious, the consciousness development of humans, to help them break away from negative emotions, fear, and anxiety, worry. You realize the universe talks to you, and you and you realize then things happen. Yeah. You don't need to take ayahuasca for that. Ayahuasca. Forget that. I turned down my graduate job to come traveling okay and it's the best thing i could have done in my life i've learned so much more in, in three months than i could ever have dreamt of back home like the environments that you're within the people that you meet the opportunities that you get to have they're like so left field like if you're open and receptive to it yeah it's mad but obviously no. you know i'm go back home and make money i know what i went through in my life so i'm just going to go down like an entrepreneurial route and try businesses but that's fantastic yeah work to travel work to travel Work 100%. to travel. I think that's the idea, man. Like, it's just traveling is the best thing, you know. I, I definitely would agree with you, especially yeah. exposing yourself to very, very different conditions. And even if the conditions are tough, you should go through it, I think. Because, man, it, once you develop the self-awareness yeah, like, about everything, yeah. you can just go through anything in life. Easy struggles. 100%. That's the thing, because we get caught up. Exactly. I know what you're saying. Like, we get caught up in such, in, in such little things back home. We're not able to understand like how to take a step back and really rationalize the situation i think yeah things, how do we i think me this? like exactly it's, yeah. it's really horrible to see back no. home and like out here the culture of the people out here is beautiful like honestly they have all their little jokes and loves and they just have the perfect vibe that the west is missing you know like if we had a blend of the west and the eastern cultures together it would be fantastic like you can see when 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 business owners from from overseas come here, businesses are out here actually working because they blend the two together, you know. Yeah, definitely. I would, I agree with you. I think it's also like like you said about getting in touch with nature and like taking a step back and rationalizing. I think it's another good one. What I think you're realizing this now is about being grateful for what you have. I think you're really now realizing for what you have here, you know, in your life. Family, friends, yeah, money. I, I've said about three things that I've, like three mantras or three things that, like be happy, be positive, and be grateful. Even out here, I'm more grateful for being out here than being back home, actually. Back home, there's so much negativity, there's so much stigma, there's so much judging, subconscious judging, pressure put on us to have a materialistic life that you don't have here. That's when you can be truly happy because people look inwards, not outwards, for their happiness. Yeah. And so you're right you, you, and I am grateful for what I have back home I'm very lucky I have a great life but I'm more grateful that I've had the opportunity to come out here and see life of course and what it's about 100% yeah definitely I think that's yeah. that's what I'm I mean. that. I was saying that like you know I don't want to go out and party as much nowadays I'm kind of going past that but like the social stuff let's you know party when you want to party and have fun like, of course but don't let it be the only things that we do you know let's, let's go and watch cricket matches go and watch a football match let's go 100% like a musical, and yeah, 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 we're singing. And even uh, like live music things, like gigs, salsa, get involved with. Mate, I, I want to go to Katan class. You know what Katan is? Katan. Katan is like singing mantras there, ancient Sanskrit mantras. Oh, mantras. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's like Krishna. Is he yeah, in like, Krishna consciousness or something? Yeah, you should, you should, you should uh, join Krishna consciousness. You'll love him. I, I, I rate, I rate it, but I don't, I don't need to like. 
gravitate towards any specific cards at the moment unless I'm going to do my own thing. Okay, right, bro. Safe. We're gonna uh, we got uh, Karen recording here. Blessed to chat to you. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Me too. I'll speak to you soon, bro. This links in back to like holidays. Like I was talking about like my experiences in South Africa on safari, and like he's in far, far Asia, just loving life, finding himself. I know it's so cliche to say, but what he was saying was was right. That there's a sense of culture there that's missing from Western society. I think Western society. If you, have, I mean, look, the money's here now. We don't have an excuse to say we don't, we cannot see other cultures, other religions, other ideas, other philosophies, other people across the world. We should travel and see all of it and get to an understanding about it. Mm. Like yeah. when, when, when I did go to um, South Africa, yeah, like you could see that we we went to some villages around the game reserve and that we um, did some volunteering there for a little bit, and it was it. It does put things into perspective because, like, we might complain that ah, oh, why, why, why didn't I get the best phone? But then they they're complaining about walking when's, ten miles to get food. Or when's water. the no? It's not even walking ten miles. When's the next meal? Exactly. And that's so, tough, man. It's hum- it is very that's humbling. very humbling. Yeah, but I think it's also experiences, man. Because some people who go through a lot more in life, like, and you've not gone through any of that hardship or whatever people gone through, it's very hard to completely understand it. I think there's certain things, and that's what's kind of fearful yeah. of, for things in life, is that the experiences you didn't go through that others went through yeah. that made them hard-hearted. Yeah, that's one thing that... Like, I'm going to put something in perspective here. Uh, a very, very close person to me, like, I hold very high in, high esteem, I work with, um, he said to me something, and I think it's something very important I want to mention as well, okay. that we cannot use our life and our experiences as a cushion to limit ourselves to what we really want to do and what that means is like there's two let, let me give you two groups of people yeah they both want to go into the mba let's say for instance yeah one's name's john and another name's and the other guy's name is let's say james john is from a poor family right john lives with his mom and his three other brothers and they all live in a one-bedroom apartment literally all of them just share the room together yeah and then James is from a very, very rich family. Now, I'm saying that I'm my family's well off, and your family, everyone's done well, you know what I mean? But I want to put something in perspective here, that James's family is very wealthy, okay? So let's put that into account. When John went to James's house, he saw James's room, and James's room is bigger than the entire passageway and rooms of John's house. Like, mm. they, 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 he's so rich. Yeah. But James um, has always that backup in life. Wherever he goes, family's got the contacts. You know, he's got he's in a high network of people to get what he wants, right? Yeah. But what does James want the most? He wants to be in the NBA. Now, John, on the other hand, mom's doing two, three jobs. He's going two, three jobs to go through college. If you put both of them in the room, who is more likely, like, to have the hardest <clears throat> to have the hardest heart? Who's going to be the hardest heart? Like, like basically the mentality where if you and me, if we get on a treadmill together, who's gonna win? It's either you gonna ha- you're you're gonna you're gonna have to give up, or I'm gonna have to die on that treadmill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the heart that, like you yeah. that no, some I, people I, have I, I to do, get what they want. I do agree with you. I and I think I think that's the idea, man. Is that when people say that people come from nothing and they become something, yeah. um, like. Like my father did. My father came from nothing. He came over here. He did something. He owns two. Like he, 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 he done very well. Okay, yeah. 
But my point is, he came from Zion. But he did the heavy lifting for my family, and now I'm here, you know. And I didn't need to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. But I'm enjoying the seeds he um, sowed, not the seeds, but the, the, the fruits. You know what I mean? Yeah. My... No, I, I do understand what you're saying. Like, like for me anyway, I can't speak for anyone else, but. If I haven't gone through a certain life experience, when someone tells me theirs and it's very different to mine, then I, I, I struggle to uh, relate un- to them. And it's, it's like the difference between sympathizing with someone and empathizing with someone, right? Because mm. when you empathize with someone, then you have that sort of human uh, human uh, element to it. I, th- I think what's really important is that we, we're not very reflective enough. So I think we can, I mean, I'm not saying we can guarantee understand something. But if someone tells you about their experiences and you want to empathize with it, well, then you should take what they said and literally go into your own space and contemplate and think about it. And then you come back the next day or the next week and you talk about it again to say, this is what you mean, right? And sometimes there's corrections in what the person was talking about. But I think it's contemplation and a pre- like contemplation of what people say is really important when you just take a step back and think about it. Like as Chris said, you know, when we was on that phone call with Chris, it's about just coming and step back, taking a step back and rationalizing everything, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, as we say, I think having a heart, a hard heart yeah. is so important. And like, I would, I would consider this. I mean, look, the reason why, I mean, people say to me, just graduate and just live a comfortable life and do whatever you want afterwards. I could do that. Yeah. But I feel like if... I want something which is different than that and I really want it and I will go through and I'll drag myself through the mud to get what I want which is def- different to the life plans I originally made which was much more comfortable. Yeah. The thing is, man, I'd, I think I'd grow up 10 times more. My growth would be exponential for myself in a better way, for my family, for my loved ones, you know what yeah. I mean? But it doesn't, be... it doesn't always work out like that. It so, doesn't It doesn't but, always work out. Let me just no. uh, give you an example. So, no. like, what you're saying, this... A person who's come from nothing and then make something of themselves like it's a beautiful story and I love to hear those sort of stories but it doesn't happen very often like a lot of the time people get disenfranchised get put off by you know being sort of trapped in their sort of world that they live in yeah they, they, they feel like they can't break out and realize their true potential of course but that's why we go into the idea that I think social responsibility is important I feel like what's important is that People, I'm not saying all people, but there is a sense of, um, would you say selfishness or just like disregarding others? Yeah, well, it's, well, it's well, inherent well, in society. It's, it's inherent in society now, but in many societies it's not. Like your friend Chris is in Indonesia. There's obviously from the business perspective, people are very selfish and they want to make that money because it's low wages and they need to survive. But if you meet people genuinely and have dinner at their house and stuff, there is no like interest because they're just happy to meet people across the world, you know? Yeah. But what I mean is that wherever you go the people who are like who are down there in your life you should bring them up with you that so that disenfranchise what you say is that whoever you are i feel like for me personally that if i have my brothers right or my brothers or my best friend and let's say let's say i gone up to like super corporate ceo i'm making this much money i'm not saying this is this is what a good quality is it's not saying i'm i will do it mm. but i'm just saying i think this is a good quality 100%, is that 100%. is that loyalty is very important no one talks about loyalty anymore you know yeah. like like remember the r&b songs of like 2005 6 about cheating and loyalty and like i love my partner and this and shit but now it's none nothing about that it's now like more dragging towards hedonism now loyalty is not the matter anymore like loyalty doesn't just mean oh yeah i'm in your life loyalty means that when i make that call 
you're there for me, you know? Yeah. But and my, you wouldn't say it's like around these days? Well, would I say loyalty is around? I think loyalty's I think loyalty's around, but it's just not thought about and it's, it's not appreciated. It's not appreciated. Yeah. If, if you're not thinking about it enough, you're not appreciating it enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if I if you do something for me, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're my boy. But if you deep it really, it's like that's loyalty. That's like like a pack of lions yeah. together, you know what I mean? It's like and so when you talk about loyalty, so it's I'll give you like an analogy so you know when you say we don't focus on being low uh, loyal we focus on like not cheating so do you see that semantic yeah, difference yeah that's fantastic what you just said well before i just get into what you just said before i finish my loyalty what i mean is that wherever you go the people who are deserving and who are very loyal to you you should bring them up with you like 100%, you know what i mean 100 like if there's something you can give you, sh- you should give it i think it's very important yeah, exactly. that's where you have a rising society now you get away from this idea of forced political you know like have politicians try to force this paternalism or this economic distribution we can just do it as people together you know yeah because i don't think i think if you're in a family i don't think everyone in your circle like the, the your friends are on the same status as you you know what i mean on the same status quo whatever i think everyone's in a different part in their life yeah but if there's someone who's done very well in your in your friendship circle you should tell them about what you're doing and give them an idea of what you're doing i think it's 100%. a nice thing because if they're very loyal and if there's someone below let's say like they're not on the same status as you but then what you should do is that that person has been loyal from day one. you should actually give them an idea give them like so give them a bit like like drop a few things here and there and tell them yeah. you know but the thing about i say is that i realize that people who are very wise when they tell you something they don't tell you like hey you should learn from this experience sorry sorry you learn from this experience in my life i think what they do is they sow little seeds they say little things here and there mm. and you learn you have to really deep it basically okay you have to really like get to the point that what they're saying is like oh wow like this is not something i'll understand now but in 5 years i can recall that and exactly when you recall information the more you try to remember it the more it's vivid in your memory so if I, if something happened when you were 10 years old and you're 15 and you remember what happened at 10 years old then that memory is going to stay for a long time you know yeah. so it's always important to recall information at the end of the day like what happened today and we come back and realize about loyalty and we contemplate about loyalty and we appreciate loyalty you know yeah. uh, again a uh, links to contemplation you know so it's really important i think that's why religions have like these sort of things like prayer and stuff like that because it comes to these things you know i'm not saying religion but like as a whole in philosophy but that that's just that element of religion you know what i mean but um well also like i mean yeah but coming back to the idea of the semantics of being loyal or like not being disloyal yeah but being loyal see that's the important thing man like if you have a friendship with someone and one person thinks in one way and that way it's not going to be a very good ending you know yeah. what what do you think about uh so another thing that I was thinking about the other day is that as a society uh you get taught not to give in to peer pressure but no one teaches you not to peer pressure others yeah do you get that yeah so um, like it's sort of like we're not <clears throat> telling people to like improve themselves it's is <clears throat> reducing it to an individual uh, issue yeah which then I don't know it, it might it might alienate people because when when you don't tell everyone to stop peer pressuring but you, instead you say to one person don't give in to the peer pressure then it reduces the scope just to that person the heart of East London it's new sound radio that's too sure oh by the way I want a perspective what do you think about teeth whitening 
laser eye like they're not like surgeries but they're not like changing your body it's just like not yeah. like like the physical features like, so from what i understand like little with, minor things yeah from what i understand with laser eye surgery like your eyes have to be stable they can't be like deteriorating so they have to be stable over time and then they fix it and i think it's great because i mean putting contact lenses in uh, contact lenses in having glasses like it's not ideal like you you wear glasses right what how, how what, what, what's your opinion on it I would, I, I've got twenty twenty vision, so this doesn't affect me. <laughs> Where's it? Okay, the teeth whitening. I would one hundred percent get my teeth whitened. You can get your teeth whitened. Cause why not? I mean, the only thing that's annoying about glasses is that when you do things, you have to take them off. You know. <laughs> what things? Things. Things. <laughs> Anyways, it's not just that. It's like when you go swimming as well. You got to take them off. Like you're pretty blind, aren't you? Huh? You're pretty, like, your eyesight's mind. pretty terrible. But my sight's pretty terrible, yeah. Because I remember when we were in school, we always used to sit in the back and you always used to complain because you couldn't see the board. Yeah, because, man, I did not wear glasses for two years of school, man. Yeah, you and did. My, did I wear them? You wore them. We used to call you Harry Potter. Yeah, but then after the stop wearing the glasses because I broke them, remember? Did you? Yeah. Did I break them? No. No, no, no. I... I I basically there there were two glass there there were just glasses and the lenses were loose and if one lens fell out one day so you looked like a monocle basically uh, so I couldn't go to school like that could no, I you could know what I mean you were already getting bullied I already got bu- did I get bullied <laughs> uh, have you seen that movie nineteen uh, seventeen one nine one seven yes uh, did I watch one night no I didn't watch it it was a great movie it's about uh, World War One okay and on on the in the trenches on the front line mm hmm. And then it was great. I don't want man, to spoil it too being much. A, being a soldier is a crazy thing, man. I just really like. I if you really think about it, because people say thank you for the service to this country, but it's like I think if I was a soldier, and the stuff I went through, I'll be a bit frustrated if society really didn't understand that I put. Because it's like the sense of, I feel like I've accomplished a lot for myself and for the country as well. You know. I don't know. I was just thinking about this. Like their experiences yeah, are so exclusive. Like only yeah. soldiers can experience that. It's is 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 quite. Unless terrible. you're a gang member and you're fighting the ops. <laughs> but no, it is war. terrible because when they come back to society, like you're expecting these like purebred killers to just like then assimilate themselves back into normal life. Like how how can you possibly expect that of e- them? Exactly. I mean, look. The idea is this year, like. If if you've been deprived of something for such a long time, you you would act differently around it, right? Yeah. That's the that that that's that's a big thing, man. I think, I think anything you go into, if you've never experienced it before and you wanted to, then your reactions, your behavior, your ethics, your consideration has to be really top notch, to be able to handle it. You know. Yeah. Like for instance, um, like let's say. A, a foster child, yeah. I grew up in school. I, I grew up, uh, when I was growing up. I went to school and I knew this guy, right? And he was in foster care for years and years and years. He was under foster care, a lot of gang problems and stuff like that. Then later on, he found a proper good family, man. Good for him, you know. Like these original foster family, they used to take like the government used to give him money to like to suffice to look after himself, you know. Like while he's living with the foster parents, like an allowance. The foster parents stole all that money, man, and, like, literally spent it on drugs and stuff like that. Like, how, what? You know? Yeah. How, do, how do these people even go through it? I think there's a minority in society that well, are like well, that. Has this, this got to do with anything? Yeah, but with, uh... it does, it does. The idea is that now he's, like, in a much more stable position. 
like he's with a family now. But in the beginning months, and actually it took him years, like a f- like a few years, to actually like properly like get comfortable, you know, into the family life, into genuine, like like, in in into a, such a state where it's all unconditional love, you know. Yeah. Like this family would pick him over themselves, you know. And that's what he feels like now. But it's like, it took him years because it's fighting, arguing, understanding, like, what expectations are from others, you know? And, um, yeah, I just think I just think that it's really important, like, about things that you didn't have in your life. And then when yeah. you have them at one point, it's easier to screw it up, you know? Of, of course, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge for everyone. Once you get something, what the saying is, is, like, you don't, you don't appreciate something until it's gone. For me, anyway, like, that's true. And that's why, man, like, I really think that, and I think someone very close to me has taught me this, and she told me that you have to be the best version of yourself as many, as in all times, because whatever goes wrong, you don't have much to take accountability for when things go wrong, because you're always trying, trying, trying. You know, like, that's, like, that's why many relationships break nowadays, is either two people aren't working on it together, or one person is like fully in and the other person is fully like just not pushing their weight, you know? Yeah. And um, even that's the mental side and the physical side, everything, you know? But it's about the idea that you are being the best version. You did everything you could. Hmm. And so then whatever bad happens, it's like, I don't have regrets. I did everything I could. Even for my friends, you know, like I did whatever I could for my friends. Yeah. I was there. And even though I've got so much stuff going on in my life, it's all right, you know? You have to put... You're the closest people first because in times of need when you need them they'll be there for you too you know 100% and 100%. that's that's so important I think that's why you have to always be the best version because there's like you can't take any blame you know I think so I, I think this argue I think what I said is arguable though arguable though it's difficult right it's difficult to say such a thing yeah but what's the what's the what's the what what's the worst thing is what's the worst thing gonna happen if you say that I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah, it's exactly. very arbitrary to say, but the thing is, it's like, I want to be the best version. It's only arbitrary. It's only what you think is the best version of yourself. It's not yeah. what others think. I mean, there's that clash between, some people may say things to you and you think, oh yeah, I'm living my life free. I don't need other people telling me what to be. But sometimes people's advice is very good and it's good to listen to it. 100%. You know? I think that's the difference between having a sense of discipline and like listening to something and thinking how about how, what, like the wise and the wisdom, like the wisdom. Yeah. You know? like, what I always say is, listen, keep an open ear out, but take everything with a pinch of salt. You've got to... Exactly. Yeah, so like, like going back to what we were talking about earlier about... So this book that I'm reading is called uh, A Very Short Introduction to Identity. And it's, it's, it's a great book. And I... Like, you know, when we go in through society right now, there's like so many issues that have been like raised in terms of identity. Like, is identity fixed? Is it ever-changing and fluid what does it mean in terms of gender what does it mean in term in terms of logic what does it mean in terms of philosophy it's there it's 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 a a multi-dimensional question and it's it's a question that many more people are asking like the word identity frequently comes up in our vocabulary these days compared to 100 200 maybe 300 years ago yeah i mean i don't know identity so I read okay. So tell me what, you, what I mean. What was the highlights of the book? Okay, let me tell you this quote, and let me and tell me what you think of it. So there was there was a black man from maybe um, somewhere in Africa, and he he came to he came to Britain, and he said, um, 
that's when I realized like I was black because it didn't matter when in his home society because everyone was black but it only mattered when he then came to a society that was predominantly white and then he was different and then he was different because of his color I think yeah what you just said really makes me think now that I mean that's the thing man it's it's just that you know, what you just said now is it leads to divisions though doesn't it yeah because it makes you realize something that sets you different from others and you think that the comfort zone is those who are associated to your specific identity to what you look like to how you are you know i think racism is a learned behavior is a learned behavior yeah i think so too i i mean look i don't know what it takes for me to be an actual like like what what does a racist mean it means that one group of people are superior but so when you're racist you're being discriminatory uh, to someone else based on the way they look or their their race their color racism is the idea of superiority like you are indian and let's say one person is black you say that i might work ethic is better than yours when we talk about identity right it's not just when when i say identity you pro- the first thing that comes to your mind is probably gender and uh, be you know what do I identify as like that's like the the culture that's the the hype these days but it all goes back to you know these ancient philosophers you know uh, Socrates you know when they were first conceptualizing life but before they looked at what was going on around them they first looked at themselves like what is the self and then the, this is where the the notion of identity first sort of became enshrined into literature and into philosophy and into education and how we learn. So it's about what is going, what is us? And I, I saw this quote and it's like, you know, you, you must have forgotten something before, like someone's name. You met them once and then a the day later you're like, oh wait, what's her name? So like, who is your true self? The person that remembers it or the person inside of you that has forgotten that name and is searching for the answer? Those two sides of you are the same. Are they the same? Are they different? But they're still you. Mm-hmm. So it's just that sort of like, what is the self? And it's crazy. And there's so many different schools of thought because then, then you see the there's cultures, especially Eastern cultures, that you know talk about the soul and the body. Yeah. And um, like is in, it different? Like, like in Abrahamic and Dharmic culture, they say ruh in, in Arabic, and then they say atma. Atman. Atman. Which is the soul, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's like this thing which is like body, mind, soul, you know? Yeah. Now, it's it's really interesting because like what what is an identity? Like it cuz let's just say like it, x but, equals x. Would you say that's an identity? I mean, something which is set to be something that it is, is an identity. So it's like, yeah, is is that, this is then the whole logic. Yeah, but identity can, I feel like identity, like what you feel like you identify as, I'm not about genders or anything yeah. like that, which is the highlights of the political revolution of 2016 when it came to the transgender issues. Like that's one side of the issue. Yeah. And that's been around for a long time. It's just been highlighted during that time. Yeah. That, like you've got to realize there's, certain, there's so many identity issues, Yeah. but it's just coming up at certain specific points. Um, so what you said was like, what did you say exactly? Sorry. Well, about the self. So about I said, the... I said like, is identity when you say X equals X. X equals X. I feel like 
I don't know, my personal opinion is that it identity can change. Yeah. But it's like it's like I don't know, some okay. people believe in destiny. Okay. And destiny is like at the end of the time, towards when you're forty, then you realise who you really are. And then that's yeah. what you is. I think I so, think So that means is your previous self part of you? Then you can put okay, let's add time to it. X one equals X two at T one to T two. Yeah, you can do that. Or you can just say you can just say yeah, exactly. You can say x one is equal x one x two x three, but the final state of x is a fixed answer right at the end, and it's no continuation because that identity is set at the end because you discovered who you are. But I don't know because identity, say at this point in time you will say I am. This is my identity. This is very strong. And well, what, why, what do you mean my identity? This is well, I know, this, this is who I am. I well, I am a hardworking person. I'm a family man, or I'm a I'm an Asian man. I'm a I'm a, I'm a Hindu. I'm a Muslim. Or like. Well, yeah, that's what this is. The this is the real. It's question. so many things, Rohan. Like it's going to be religion. It's going to be culture. It's going to be philosophy. It's going to be what your economics, like everything. You know what you believe. So do I say it's fixed? I think altogether, at the end, everything becomes habitual and comfortable, and people will be fixed in their ways. Yeah, because so. like for example, um, they were saying. So there's this really ancient temple in like far east and every 10 years they completely de- they completely demolish it and then they rebuild it so it's still the same temple but yet it's been built and rebuilt every 10 years so is that the same temple or is it a different temple no it's the same i would say like but, for instance but you for see in- there's two different arguments yeah but there's two different arguments but the thing is what was the purpose of it what was it really and do people go there, that temple, people yeah. go there for that one purpose, same time as it was 10, 100, whatever, 100 years ago. Yeah. Like for instance, in, in Mecca, you know that, you know the, the you know that the, the cube, yeah. the, 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 they call it the Kaaba, right? Yeah. That, 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 the cube thing. That has been ransacked and destroyed, by the way, multiple times. Yeah. But it's been made again and again and again. But the people who go there and see it, go there for one purpose and the same purpose they go back for since a thousand years ago. Yeah. So I would say it's in a different. It, the state is different. Like the way it's presented is what it's physically to your eyes, but what it is, the identity of it, yeah. like what it is, is the same thing. Yeah. So you're saying then, um, but that's one. Feature. Identity isn't Im- embodied in its physical attributes. Is embodied into something else. Yeah. Because then you can say that about humans. We are cells. I see that, that, but you see that's the thing, man. When people wear certain things or people present themselves in certain ways, color hairs, people judge each other. But that's, see, that's what the, exactly the point you're trying to prove here. That the purpose of that thing within is different than the way it looks in the outer, you know? Yeah. Um, some people say, oh, yeah, the way this is my identity, and I want to dress like my identity. Like, I love shiny things. I love, like, the, you know, things which is like that. It's mm. like it presents a glamour, it pre- presents extravagance. And so I dress like that, you know? Yeah. That's an idea of identity. But if... Like, again, I think it's careful to judge. No, 100%, 100%, man. But um, I think I think it's about searching. And it's also about connecting as well. Like, you making the conscious effort to try connect to your identity. Mm. Um, I'm not very cultural, personally. Like, not extremely cultural. I mean, even though I'm from an Asian background. Like, I go to East London, and I go see various family members. And I think, very, like, there's an element of nationalism and... Like, this is who I am. This is the community I'm a part of. We do these things for the community. 
I don't really feel like very like that because I grew up around this like when I grew up in Essex in like zone six of London like right towards the edge not even London not, like right next to like like basically five minute driving them outside London but what I'm trying to say is um, that I fully dis- like I like the cultural aspects of me like changed a lot and so that's what I'm saying that identity isn't fixed it can change yeah but then it's just what you want to search for because then then like identity can be like both collective and individual so you so you're talking about how like there was like a sense of like national identity in yeah. your family yeah see but i'm not very, i'm not yeah. very, i'm not but is very, that fixed huh is that fixed what do you mean is that fixed like like your like your national like your national identity so my ethnicity's fixed like yeah. i belong to i can't say i'm i'm Egyptian, I'm Lebanese or whatever. Like I can't say yeah. I'm this specific country. But, see, look, there's these arguments these days where people are saying that they they can identify as whatever they like. Like what, so, I identify as black, and even though I'm not black, but do you know what they mean by that? The, the they culture. mean the culture. They associate to the culture. They associate to the struggles. They associate. They feel like they belong to this land because they are so empathetic and so. It's, it's not just land, though. No, no, not just to the land, but. That, as an example to yeah. the land of Africa you know to the to the culture to the idea like their struggles like you feel so like I feel like I belong here because I I can see what they've gone through you know and again experiences you know like for instance um, if you listen to many rappers like even white rappers they take many of the things from like the African culture the beats yeah of course identity is such a a weird concept and it's why I wanted to try and read this book and see if I could learn something a bit more yeah definitely learn something new reading is such a massive part of like the human experience yeah we don't prioritize our own selves these days like even if we're just chilling like we're on we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're not taking That's... time to um, process like our own thoughts it's just being superficial looking at other things yeah, I mean, people find escape into these things which are so unsustainable, man. Like, imagine the amount of knowledge out there for you to take. Exactly. And it's just crazy. I mean, even I'm I'm guilty of that, you know. So, so what I've been trying to do is like a bit of a conscious deci- decision is um, just to take maybe not not even that long, like half an hour, an hour of my day just to educate myself on something new. And like, for example, with identity, we can talk we can talk about identity for the whole day it's such a broad topic but just getting simplifying it in in your own brain is very important the heart of east london it's new sound radio 22 yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to know about your dna results you said you had a dna test oh my god can you remember so, like where i can't fully remember everything but i mean if i can remember mm. So mainly focused within the Indian subcontinent, spanning out towards so mainly within like the Bengal region, and then there was northeastern India, and then goes towards parts of China, like the western parts of China, and I saw I think I was like two point six percent Korea, two two point five two point six percent Korean. So how do they actually determine like, like your DNA to geographic? Ninety percent Aryan Asian. What sorry sir? How do they translate it into like? The geographic regions from your, based on your DNA, because you realize that you know um, certain countries, right? 
when you're from a certain country, your DNA group is specific to that certain region it comes from. Okay. You see, um, I think it's called haploid or something, haploid group or something. It's a specifically group systems, like there's a structure in your DNA. Um, there's a specific strand which tells you which part of the world you're from. Like, for instance, they would check, like, let's say Jewish identity. Many people check the Jewish identities. And they found out, oh yeah, some of the, um, when they checked their DNA, it goes back to the Middle East, like, long time ago. Okay, so there's an argument here. It says, genetic markers cannot be determined Jewish descent, for instance, yeah? So it comes to this, yeah, that when people study, um, like, genetics and stuff like that, some people dispute where people originally come from and such as such. That DNA studies examine various paternal lineages. There's a maternal line, which they study mitochondrial DNA. There's a paternal lineage, which is the Y chromosome, the maternal lineages. And uh, yeah, it's called haplogroup. So a haplogroup is what they look at. Basically, a haplogroup is a group of alleles and an organism that inherited together from a single parent. So what they do is they study these alleles, the other, that, that where it comes from a specific parent. And from these alleles, it tells you the line of descent. Okay. You see, haplogroup are alleles, right? Alleles means the the stuff that you inherited from your parents. Now, if you inherit something from your parents, then obviously it's been inherited from another parent. So it looks at lineages. Of course. So when you look at lineages, it also has a geographical trace to it, you yeah. know? And from then on, they kind of study where you originally come from, that case, you know? Yeah. But I would say those DNA tests, they're kind of like, I, I wouldn't believe everything they say. Well, it is, For instance, it would say yeah. that, oh, yeah, because you're from this part or you're specifically this, um, you're more likely to have a stronger thumb on the right hand than a thumb on the left really? hand. Really? You're more likely to smoke. I don't know, some stuff. But these on... are like cultural influences, right? Well, these are not cultural influences. What they do is certain DNA companies take the same factors and they actually mix and match the answers. Because you have this, you're more likely to do this. But on another company, they say, because you have this, the same thing that they that they mentioned it's, in fact it, it sounds like like horoscopes yeah exactly do you believe in horoscopes do I believe in horoscopes do you believe in horoscopes I don't believe in like this sort of commercialised vision or, I think it's very yeah. commercialised but, but I think they just take common things that people yeah, all exactly. feel but I think there is like, oh my something... god I felt like that hmm. but then they, they associate it to a specific star sign yeah. And they think, oh my god, I'm that star sign. The heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio 22. I found that gender identity was interesting in the, like, in the recent years. Like, I think what's interesting is that like, people talk about like transgenderism, for instance, which is, of course, everyone's right to, mm. to express themselves in what they think. Now, whatever you say, whatever you feel... I think oppression stems from antagonizing someone, bullying them, either like threatening them by verbally or even attacking them. Yeah. I think there has been these so many cases against people who present themselves differently. Of course. Uh, course. Then, you know, what is perceived to the normal, like wink, wink, like, you know, to the normal what people think. But um, what, I mean, it's interesting. Think, what do you think about... So you said, well, I agree with what you said, but there's a sort of extended arm of this. People feel attacked because of what you call them. Yeah. Because of the perceived, like, um, pronouns, right? Yeah. That's true. Well, they feel like there's a this oppression when you don't call them by their preferred pronouns. However, I mean, look, there's been two sides of the argument. Canada's C16 law, which specified that 
yeah, you know, lack speeches now in control, basically, in terms of addressing people by what they want to be addressed as. This is introduced by Trudeau's government, actually. It's quite, it's quite liberal, like, trail of thought. Yeah, well, look, the government of Canada is extremely liberal. I mean, we're talking about Justin Trudeau here. This guy probably visits a mosque every week, every Friday, visits a church every Sunday and goes to the synagogue every Saturday. And is in the pub on a Friday. And uh, <laughs> no, but what I mean is, is a very sort of uh, multicultural, like he really embraces multiculturalism. Um, he's a very interesting guy. But what was I going to say is that, I mean, is it necessary for the government to intervene and control speech and try to say that you can't specifically address people by what they want to, f- what they feel like? I think personally, there's two sides of it. I don't feel personally about, I don't know. I don't know what, I, what my personal opinion would be. I would, I would just say this is what I, this is what happens. Mm. If you ha- want to be addressed as something specifically, I think that society should not enforce it by law, but rather we have mutual connection and respect for each other. That if you say, "Hey, I prefer to be called something," then okay, that's I'll... not the typical he, she, etc., etc. Et yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, it's like common courtesy. Right? It's common courtesy, exactly. Yeah. So why are we stemming something from uh, common courtesy yeah. like, than into yeah, legislation? I'll give you an example. That's so... controlling speech. Yeah, I think I think that's. I get you. I question that because let's say like. If there's someone who has three names, a first name, middle name, and a surname, and they prefer to be called by their, their second name, it's like, you can't say, oh, but I'm just going to call you by your first name. It's the same thing. So it's like, say you, your name's Tofik Araf Hayat. It's like, if you preferred Araf, and it's like me constantly saying Tofik, like, it, it, would, it, it would offend you, right? Because you It wouldn't offend me, it would annoy me. Yeah. But the thing is, that's the difference between annoy and offend. They feel offended because... They feel like this yeah. is not who they are. Because it goes to the root of their it, identity. identity. Yeah. Exactly. What their perceived identity what they think. I mean, is it what they feel? Or what the, is, it pre, is it genetically predisposed? I don't even know, to be so honest. In, in the book that we were talking about earlier, so they were saying how like the um, sort of gender LGBT rights, it sort of stemmed from women's suffrage and sort of the, the uh, feminist movement in the 20th I mean, century. The sex revolution. Yeah, but whereas... Feminists talk about like cultural aspects, like uh, LGBT people uh, attribute it to like biological. So you say like biology is not categorized into male or female. Yeah. It's actually a, a spectrum. Oh, okay, it's more of a spectrum. Okay. However, they they, they, they say that, let's say for instance, um, studies from uh, California University. Um, this is according to Ben Shapiro. I don't know how accurate, accurate it is. Do you <laughs> you're going to base your opinions you know, on Ben Shapiro. Do you know who Ben Shapiro is, by the way? The right, the right, the, the right wing, the guy. crazy right wing yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, like this guy is like, yeah, the government, big government's evil. But as long as you send three billion dollars to Israel from taxpayers' money, there's no problem with that. <laughs> so I'm very, I very question this guy's integrity. Specifically. Ben Shapiro, uh, he's like a conservative writer. He used to write for Breitbart. And then... Of course he wrote for Breitbart. <laughs> man, like, we talked about Cambridge Analytica a while ago um, in our few... Po- man, that really worried me, man. But what was he talking about? We just talking about the rise of the right in 2016. And uh, yeah. Ben Shapiro. Uh, ben Shapiro said that um, after the trans- post-op surgery for like the transgender like operations, whatever. Like he said that there's a 40% rise in suicide. Yeah. But the, the I, I thought the rate was the same before surgery and after surgery. Yeah, after but surgery goes higher. But I, the, but there's two sides. The same beforehand. 
No, I didn't say the same. It increases post-surgery, apparently, according to... According to him, but... According, to, seen, according like, to Ben Shapiro, who read in a, a university study. I don't know. I question that. I mean, what what would it be? Would it be just because they changed their body to such an extent that they don't even know what to do anymore? Or is it just because like they changed... They, they like changed people bullying them, them or People bullying them, possibly. That's probably the rise. Them. Not accepting them, exactly. But the thing is... Man, like, you don't even know. I mean, look, even the Republicans made the argument that how would you allow um, when your little do- daughter is in a bathroom and then you allow a man who's dressed as a woman... Yeah, but that's like, like... I'm that's, not... That's, that's what they're really, saying. That's really insensitive. That is really insensitive. Oh, my goodness. Like, when you when we think about these debates, it's always phrased in, like, the most extreme way. Yeah. And it's not healthy because... <laughs> but then at the same time, you have to think of the extremes to, like regulate society well yeah i mean of course i guess it's what you we'll go back to what you said earlier like we shouldn't enshrine anything in law but i think we should have a common courtesy in terms of if someone has gone you know if someone has gone through the whole process of you know changing their uh their gender etc etc like this it's not going to affect you by calling them something else like it's not going to impose any extra obligations on you so mm-hmm yeah, it's about we got to be compassionate as a society and realize that everyone is individual and different, and that when you try and categorize people into very broad umbrella terms, people are going to be left out. And you have to like before in the twentieth century, you'd say like women, then it became like homosexuals, and now it's like it's, all these it's, marginalized it's, it's, people, it's, it's, it's even like uh, ethnic minorities, it's, like race. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. I mean, look, I'm religiously different from my community. I am. Uh, like my position on things are very different, you know. I mean, I'm contrarian. I'm quite contrarian, exactly. I've always been contrarian when it comes to like social issues. I think um, people say I would follow the crowd. I wouldn't say really follow. I kind of feel like whatever I feel like, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, people always say they want to feel like they belong somewhere, and it's important to feel like you belong somewhere. And that's why you should always go out and meet new people and meet communities and feel like you know a group of people that always have your back. I used to think that born alone, die alone and do what you can in life. And, you know, it's you that has to do everything. But, man, when you have a group of people who are behind you, who will do anything for you and support you and back you and whatever, or yeah. even, you know, try and do something good for you, yeah. then I realise that you have to be really grateful for that. And as yeah. much as you say born alone, die alone, we would always want people to have our backs and mm-hmm. us to feel belonging somewhere. It's just not about identity. It's just no, about acceptance. Yeah, me and you have like a very different like identity. Would you say you have like very? Would you say we have different identities? I'll like, say, I'll say, similar but different. Similar but different. I mean, what? Well, I don't really. I I don't really look at you as like, like a, the same. Like we're similar colors or we have different religions. I don't even look yeah. at that. You know, I don't even think. Yeah, I don't even think. I don't even think, hundred percent that these things influence my philosophy. I think I find myself that I've inf- influenced myself mm. through my own research and reading and what I see yeah. and um, what I feel like is right, you know? And um, I find it difficult sometimes is that conflict between culture, religion, and politics also. Like, I don't know why I would specifically identify as a right-wing person. I don't want to. What if one day I want to advocate something that's totally not in the zone of what I exactly um identified and advocate yeah you know? of course that, I, it's, it's what we're going it's always a conflict the, exactly and you can't be stuck rigidly into one thing right yeah because right. like let's say like right-wing politics you could say like it, it could 
is such a big umbrella term and you could believe some things but you can also believe uh, things that are completely different yeah yeah 100 make sure you check us out on social media give us a follow you'll be able to keep up to date with everything going on with the contrarian facebook linkedin on facebook linkedin twitter and instagram and instagram then and also check out our spotify apple podcast and new sound radio 92 fm and yeah enjoy your day and We'll see you next week for another episode of The Contrarian. See you later. From the heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio 92. FM.